Hey, I am so glad that you're here. And if you're new here, I just want to take a minute and say, welcome home. I'm so glad that you found me. My area of specialty is helping people who are in dysfunctional, toxic, or uh, addicted situations be able to find their power, speak their truth, learn how to set and hold boundaries, and reclaim themselves that they have lost along the way in giving their power away and dealing with difficult people in their lives. And I don't think there's a more important question than the one that we're going to ask today, because I have to tell you, this is something that people actually wrestle and struggle with. Do you know the number one reason that people stay in abusive, dysfunctional, or toxic relationships? Do you know the number one reason? The number one reason that people stay in these relationships is because they don't know they're in one. They don't consider their relationship abusive or uh, certainly not abusive. They might know that it's not right or that they're not being treated fully the way they deserve, but abusive, they might not use that word. So take a minute, please, if you're catching this later on, we are live right now, but if you're catching this on the replay, make sure you take a minute and say hello. As always, as I'm talking, you are more than welcome to put your questions in the chat and I will answer them as we go along. This is meant to be interactive. Spending this special time with you is such a pleasure and a privilege for me. And my intention here today is to come alongside of you and pour into you. It's to serve you. It's to help turn the lights on. It's to help answer some tough questions that you might be wrestling with. Because if you don't know if your relationship is abusive or if it's not okay, you'll continue to stay in it. And not only that, You'll continue to stay in it and tolerate it, and you'll teach the next generation how to do the exact goddamn same thing, all right? And you guys know that that's why I'm here on this planet is to break those dysfunctional, toxic cycles for good so that we can all live the life that we deserve. You know, I help people, they come to me, and when they come to me, they're usually in something that's not right, right? A relationship with an addict or a relationship with a narcissist. They're trying to heal from some kind of toxic situation that they were in where they're asking the question, should I stay or should I go? Can this relationship ever work? Can a relationship with an addict work? Can a relationship with this person be saved? What do I need to do to get this person to see my value? All of these kind of questions. And usually the situations that they're in, whether it's a parent, a boss, a boyfriend, or a partner is... It's a relationship that causes anxiety, confusion, resentment, or pain, and they want to know how to get out of anxiety, confusion, resentment, or pain. But here's the deal. You didn't just wake up one day and all of a sudden tolerate these nasty people in your life. This pattern came from somewhere. And I'm going to tell you the most interesting phenomenon in the world. When I sit down with my clients and I say, hey, tell me about growing up, you know, tell me about your situation with your, with your parents. They'll be like, Oh yeah, I had great parents. My parents were awesome. My parents were really good. Yep. They worked hard. They did everything they could. They did the best they could. I mean, there were a couple little tiny things, but no, not a big deal. I mean, overall, everybody just did the best they could. Mm -hmm. And as we probe and go on, we find out things like dad was an alcoholic, a functioning alcoholic, whatever that is, right? Mom was working all the time. They got spanked, but it was just the belt. And that's what everybody did in the seventies or the eighties or even the nineties. I mean, who knows? People didn't know any better. You know, they, they got beat and stuff like that. And yeah, they, they weren't really there for their feelings. You know, they weren't like really emotionally supportive, but you know, I mean, whose family was, you know, 
And, and they, they, as they start to hear themselves talk out loud, they go, wait a minute, this, this actually sounds kind of bad. Uh, <laughs> is this, is this normal? Was this like crossing a line and they don't know if the relationships they, that they've had are abusive. And so they get into this relationship now and they start to kind of see the similarities. Oh my God. It looks like I'm putting up with the same emotional unavailability or yeah, I'm being ignored in my relationships. Is that abusive when somebody just ignores you or is that normal? Is that okay? And I can't tell you how many times I sit in session or with my students in our programs where the, when the light goes on and they realize that it wasn't right, the experiences that they've had weren't normal, they did shape them, then they, they have a question, well, now they start to feel guilty for, well, I don't want to, I don't want to blame my parents for anything. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to like put that there's this kind of loyalty where even as adults, as a kid, you definitely want their love so much, but even as an adult, you don't want to call it what it is because there's a loyalty thing that makes you feel like you're talking shit on your parents. You're talking bad about your parents. You're not being a loving good girl or a good boy. If you're throwing your parents under the bus. Now, there's many, many reasons that we do not see abuse for what it is, but I'm going to tell you, you cannot heal what you do not see. You cannot change what you don't acknowledge. If you don't have access to the real, real of what happened with you, there is absolutely no way in hell that you're going to be able to get your power back because you don't even realize where it was taken or how it was sucked out of you or smothered out of you. Okay. This isn't a blame game. I'm not sitting around so that I can throw your parents under the bus. I'm sure they did do the best they can, but you know what? That's not a free pass and it did affect you. And there is shrapnel from the war you were in and it did impact you. Your behavior now, if you're in a relationship with an addict, an alcoholic, a dysfunctional person, a person doesn't see your value, your worth, that takes advantage of you, that you feel like you're always the one giving and they're always the one taking, that pattern came from somewhere. And it is my intention to help you figure it out because I'm going to tell you, like I said, once the lights go on and you heal it, because when you don't see it, you become the victim. And I know my clients and students go, I'm not a victim, Psh, girl. I am not a victim. I hate victims, but we are a victim in our relationships because we keep falling prey to these people who take advantage of us or use our kindness or misunderstand our kindness for weakness or, you know, aren't available to us. And we're always there for them. And what I like to do is go back and help you recognize the true victim that you were once were once upon a time so that you can stop recreating that scenario over and over again in your adult life in the hopes to heal something you don't even recognize you have. I know you, we need to watch that again, play it back. I do too. Sometimes I talk and I get on a roll and I'm like that. I think that was pretty good. And, and then I want to go back and like digest it. So let's just get in there, see what we're dealing with. You know, that's the purpose of working long-term is that we can talk about these things, let them sink in and then go, wow, let's go back and, and really like uh, ask ourselves some questions about this and see how this might be true. Hey, Kathy. Amen. Damn. Whoop, whoop. I love it. So let's talk about the reasons that we don't talk about the abuse. The first thing is we survived it and we definitely don't want to go back. So one of the things I hear from my clients and students all the time is, uh, I don't want to go back there. Actually, there's a fear about going back there. Like you survived and you escaped. So if you go back and open it up again, there's a real, real genuine fear that you're not going to be, you're going to feel the pain that you've repressed and pushed down for so long that if you go back and look at it, it's going to kill you. That's real. 
people feel like visiting their past is, is, is going to kill them. And so they don't want to go back and they just think, well, I'll just sweep it under the rug. I'll bypass it. And you can't do that. You've got to go back and acknowledge some of that stuff and make sense of it because that's how you see the patterns that you're repeating today. Um, so, some, the, one of the biggest reasons, like I said, is this loyalty. It's like, I don't want to hurt anybody. I don't want to talk about, especially my coaches, you know, eventually when people are with me for long enough, they decide to get certified and become one of my, become a coach. And one of the things that they, they say to me is like, oh my God, if I started making videos and talking about this stuff, like they have desire to write books, be a coach and speak and teach and all that kind of stuff. They're like, how could I possibly talk about it? How can I possibly like say out loud, I'm going to hurt people. They're going to be devastated if I talk about it. I get that. That's a very real feeling. Um, I know in my own relationships, you know, when I started writing the books and I started um, giving the talks and certainly in my groups and private retreats and things like that, I, I definitely tell a lot about the things that I've suffered and been through. And at one point, my mom came to me and said, look, uh, you know, what you're doing is hurting me. I can't watch it. She was like, I can't see it. I can't look at it. I can't be a part of it. And then she had said to me, uh, you have to choose. You know, you're either going to talk about this stuff and share this stuff or you're going to get to have a relationship with me. And I had to reconcile that in my own heart. And I had spent my whole life, you see, trying to make sure that I didn't upset her, piss her off so I could stay in her good graces. As long as you're playing by the rules of somebody that hurts you, they're going to love you. If it's a narcissist or a toxic person, when you play by their rules, they're going to love you. But the minute that you decide to shake up the rules or don't play, they, they abandon, they reject. And that's how you know that that's not a real relationship to begin with. If the only way you can be with somebody is if you play by their rules, you're in the wrong goddamn game. You're in the wrong game. Okay. Because I should be able to make my own rules, right? And they make, and, and everybody should be able to be themselves and do what they want to do. But I'll never forget what I said to my mom. And it was hard for me to say, I said, look, it's not my job to make you feel better about the pain you caused. I can't. You know, you need to do your own healing journey, your own work. I said, but uh, my desire to help people in the world by talking about abuse and dysfunction and toxicity, my desire to help people in the world is greater than my desire to keep you happy and greater than my desire to keep you uh, not upset with me, you know? So I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And that was that. And so we don't have a relationship. And I have to tell you, a lot of us, when we don't play by the rules of somebody who's abusive anymore and we start to wake up and we go, oh shit, we start to put some boundaries down. We start to like, just, you know, play by our own rules. They, they abandon and reject. And that pain is real. That void is real when those people go away and we have to learn how to repair ourselves. And that's, that's a conversation for another time. All right. Is what do you do when these toxic dysfunctional people finally leave your life? How do you fill that void? But right now I just want to talk about what is abusive? What is it? What, what, what's normal and what, what crosses the line? Um, sometimes people don't want to talk about abuse because they go like, everybody might've read the book, a child called it Dave Peltzer. Right. I mean, I read that book. It was blew my mind where he talks about how he was like in the basement, you know, like locked away and eating dog food and, 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 you know, trigger warning, all kinds of terrible things. I mean, that had happened to him. And some, some people who see that go, well, it really wasn't that bad. I just got beat, you know, but I didn't like get starved and locked up, you know, um, that didn't happen. Uh, so it's really not that bad. You know, uh, I never got beaten 
like somebody else might have gotten beaten. So that's not really abuse. You know, mine was just more of like mind games that got. So we had this like barometer of how bad was it? It's like if my if my situation isn't as bad as yours and I don't get to call it what it is unless it crosses some line into real bad. Um, another thing is if you grew up in abuse and you're not sure if it was abuse, you've heard you've been gaslit likely your whole life because your parent that was abusing you probably said things like you should see how bad I had it. If you think this is bad, this is nothing. Or they said, I didn't hurt you. I don't know what you're crying about. That was not hurt. And if you don't stop, I'm actually going to give you something to cry about, you know, or everybody's family does this or everybody's family's dysfunctional or so-and-so has so much worse of a mother than I am. You know, they'll, they'll gaslight you. It's your sensitivity. That's the problem. If you weren't so sensitive, you wouldn't think this was bad. It's just because you're, you're, you know, so weak and, and that you think that I'm hurting you, but I'm really not. Anybody else can see that. Or they'll pit siblings. Did I hurt her? Did I hurt her? Did, was that too much? No. She, or they'll pit siblings and say, did she bring it on? Yeah, she asked for it. See, they'll gaslight you. I'm not abusive. You trigger me. You, you act a certain way and you make me hit you or you make me say things to you that I wouldn't normally say. So when you grow up or surrounded by somebody in your life today who uses this kind of language with you, well, I'm not like this with anybody else. I'm not, I don't yell and scream at anybody else, just you. Well, that, that gives you a free pass. You're not, a, it means that other people are likely aren't tolerating your shit and I am, and that's why you're doing it to me. It's still abuse. It's still abusive. So let's go through some of the ways that we um, have people that, that, that are abusive and then I'm going to call it out and I'm going to call it like I see it. And I know that's a strong word and it deserves a strong word because if it's impacted you, if you're in a dynamic today where you're tolerating somebody's bad behavior and instead of abuse, you're calling them mean. Instead of abuse, you're calling them selfish. Instead of abuse, you're calling them controlling or manipulative, or you're, you know, you're, you're looking up and Googling what is a narcissist. Okay. You know, odds are this is crossing a line for you and you're spending all your time trying to figure out how to make this person love you more or stop hurting you. When in reality, it's about removing yourself from that person. Our society is very toxic, positive, toxic positivity. Like it's not how many times you get knocked down. It's how many times you get up. Ah! Okay. What about not getting knocked the fuck down? Huh? What about like setting up your boundaries in your life so that you don't have to keep getting knocked down all the time, you know? Um, so let's talk about it. All right. I'm glad you're here. This is such an important conversation to have. Again, if we don't know it's abusive, we not only will we tolerate it, but we'll teach the next generation how to do the exact same thing. If you have daughters and you have sons, please listen up. Okay. I'm going to read your comments at the end. I see your comment here, Francesca, and um, I'm going to read them all at the end. So stick around. Okay. I want to go through now. Listen, I'm going to give you some of the ways that, of abuse, but I'm not going to give you all the ways. So this is a personal matter. You need to be asking yourself, well, don't do that comparison thing. Well, it's not as bad as what she's saying. Maybe it's not. Does it make you feel, it's, if it's toxic, if it makes you feel sick, that's a toxic person. An abusive person makes you feel sick, emotionally sick, where you're full of nerves all the time, that you're full of anxiety. Your feelings are a good barometer if you're in a toxic a relationship with an abusive person. You're psychologically like in a psychological shredder, a torture all the time, overthinking about how to strategize and manipulate that person to treat you better. That's likely a toxic or abusive person. 
physically, like I said, you have a manifestation. Spiritually, all you do is meditate and pray about how to help this person, okay? So if it's affecting you in one of these planes, that's the question you need to ask yourself as you're going through, what's my line? Now, I'm hoping that I can make your line a little sooner because you and I both know you have a black belt in bullshit. You are the person that can put up with anything. You will take a licking and keep on kicking. You will keep showing up. You're like that little, um, like I said, keep a knock and get back up. You're like that punching bag, you know, like the weeble wobble. You push it over, it gets back up again. And there is no prize for sticking out in pain. There's no prize for how much pain you can tolerate in your life from a certain person. I know that we stick in there because we think they're going to see how awesome we are because of how much of their bullshit we put up with. Wow. Nobody else would put up with your bullshit, but me look at this and how ridiculous this is. Nobody else would put up with your bullshit, but me, don't you see how awesome I am? Just think about that for a minute. Don't you see how amazing I am because I tolerate your shit. Nobody else will. No, that doesn't make any sense because awesome people who know they're awesome do not tolerate people's shit to begin with. Hello, ding, ding. Yes. It's a self-esteem issue. We know this, okay? What is abuse? Let's look at the areas. Psychological. This means psychological or mental abuse. Somebody is continuously playing mind games with you all the time. They are making you question your own sanity. You say, you say this is one thing. They, they are constantly manipulating or trying to talk you out of how you're supposed to think. That They tell you how you think is wrong. The way you see things isn't the way you see things. And so if you're psychologically abused, you actually feel crazy. There were many times where I would be behind my bedroom door locked bedroom door, like covering my ears, just like holding my head, feeling like an insane asylum patient as a teenager or a kid thinking, am I nuts? Is anybody else's family like this? I would go to other people's families and I would see like normal things like, like mom making dinner and dad, like, you know, taking care, like doing homework. And I'd be like, it felt like the twilight zone. I would be like, wow. You just question, you don't know like what's normal, what's not normal. And if you're always questioning your own sanity and you feel like you're in an episode of the twilight zone, it's psychological and mental abuse. You know what you know, you see what you see, you think what you think, but if you're constantly being gaslit out of your own thoughts, it, it you feel like you're crazy. The reason gaslit is a thing is because um, there was a movie about a man who was attempting to make his woman, his wife, feel crazy so he could kill her and take her money. And what he would do is he would turn the gas lights down a little bit every day. And she kept asking, is it getting darker in here? Is it getting dimmer? And he'd be like, I don't know what you're talking about. Everybody else thinks it's light and bright. So she, so she was like going crazy. And that's what get where gaslight, gaslit originated. So Mental abuse, you know, you're not who you think you are. You're not what you think you are. An attempt to, to get inside your mind and play games with you all the time. If, if you're in now, we might not have the best mind ourselves. We might be a little neurotic. Right. And, and so if somebody's like, you might say, well, that's just my mind. They're not doing that to me. I'm just crazy. I don't know. That may or may not be true, but, but I, I would say that if you're here watching my videos, I know one thing about you, you're smart and sharp and a good egg. All right. You know, so, yeah. okay. Physical goes for itself. Now, physical abuse doesn't have to mean that you got beat to the point of beyond repair. It could be that you got pushed. It could be you got shoved. It could be anything that violates a physical boundary of you. 
Physical abuse can also be just invading your space. It could be um, uh, making you feel uncomfortable physically, you know, which borders on sexual, where some people say, well, you know, sexual abuse and physical abuse, like, well, I never got touched. I never, now again, trigger warning. Look, if, if you're, you already know by now, if you're this far into this video, this is what we're talking about today. Some people say it really wasn't sexual abuse because I never got really touched that way, but I was made to feel uncomfortable in my own skins. My father made comments about my boobs or my butt or, or would hug me weird or would get drunk and make me feel uncomfortable. That's abuse. That's abuse.